Discover over 100 episodes of Bartholomew Town on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Welcome in to another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Bartholomew. On today's episode, a look at some youth-oriented nonprofits in Providence with Branford Davis of the John Hope Settlement House and Joelle Gilbert of Community Cafe. So through this episode, I really learned a lot about the ways that the nonprofit sector fills a lot of the gaps in public education today here in Rhode Island, and I'm sure this can be translated into a national conversation Gaps like, um, you know, opportunities for tutoring. And don't get me wrong, these opportunities opportunities exist inside the confines of public and private school all around the state, but maybe not enough. So it's important to look at the entire picture, I guess, when we're, we're talking about education, the educational infrastructure and the youth support base that's out there. And there's a lot of nonprofits that um, and organizations of all sorts and stripes that I've come into contact with here in Providence, in Newport, South County, Northwest Rhode Island, wherever it may be. And it's it's really interesting when you get a sense of the roles that um, many of the leadership or mentors within those programs play in kids' lives. And yeah, it makes sense that um, while we have challenges in our, in our public educational infrastructure, particularly here in Providence and Look, all around the state, we know that. We've seen the numbers and we can feel it as well that we need to sort of take charge and move in in a new direction. But I really enjoyed this conversation because it was enlightening to where we're doing things right and where we can continue to invest our energy. Again, this isn't to suggest that the public sector, public schools, etc., are incapable of offering these sorts of services on their own. Um, and oftentimes they do. But at the same time, there's no question that these community-based nonprofit slash private sector organizations that operate in an after-school capacity um, add a tremendous amount of value to the educational picture as a whole. And as you'll hear in a matter of moments in our roundtable discussion, contribute to lasting community relationships. Okay, many of you listeners know that I am very bullish on Newport as a year-round destination for Southern New Englanders, and a truly fun way to kick off the holiday season is with the Newport Illuminated Boat Parade and Block Party at Historic Bowen's Wharf on Friday, November 29th. Now, it all starts at 4 p.m. with the boat parade itself, Live Caribbean-style holiday tunes look out for the steel drum and an all-around great vibe. All of the locally-owned shops and restaurants of historic Bowen's Wharf will be open, so why not make an evening of it? But make sure if you want to have dinner, you make a reservation early, because by the way, this is a free event. It happens rain or shine. The 2019 Newport Illuminated Boat Parade and Block Party at historic Bowen's Wharf, Friday, November 29th. And a great way that you can support the pod is to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcast app. All right, let's meet today's panelists. Bradford Davis. I'm from John Hope Settlement House. I'm the new executive director. John Hope, you know, we do everything from providing activities and programs for youth, adults, uh, families. We have an early learning child child care um, center. I'm Joel Gilbert, and I'm with the Community Cafe. We're in the north end of uh, Providence, serving the community there. So there's a real need. I mean, when we talk about Providence, there's definitely within the schools, outside of the schools, there's different conversations. They overlap sometimes. Sometimes they don't, regardless of, I guess I should say, irregardless of anyone's impression of the Providence school system 
from the outside or from here in Providence. There's a definitive need for spaces to just simply facilitate activities and growth outside of school hours. And so each of you are kind of in a prime position to do that and have been in some ways. Can we talk about some of the specific programs, whether it's on the basketball floor or in the arts or even theoretical things that are happening right now and that you're kind of working to make happen here in Providence? Um, so right now, some of the things that we have going on is we have uh, Camp Arrow, which Camp Arrow is a, is a house name um, basketball program. Uh, so not only do we have that, but now we've been able to do um, basketball clinics. We most recently had a community a community day where we had a youth clinic. We had um, the police versus the fire fire department um, battle each other on the basketball court. Who won? Um, who won? Yeah. <laughs> the firefighters. Yeah, look out. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, you know, so... We, we gave away over 100 book bags with school supplies. There was about 400 people that was just able to come in and out. You know, so we're looking at that as one of the small steps, just bringing, once again, the community back, opening up the space. It's a need, just as you were saying. Um, I know a few years ago, actually about five, seven years ago, uh, the city of Providence took a lot of the, the funding that was inside of recreational centers. Um, you look at a lot of the funding that was lost inside of um, the public school department and as 21st century programming came in. Um, it was good, but it didn't supply or nor did it really um, help all the students in, in different demographics. So I think that's where community centers and programs that we're, what we're trying to do is be able to attract and build to, to those students that aren't going to after-school programs that don't have the same opportunity um, as others. Um, you know, so some of the other programs, we're going to be starting a DJ class, you know. so really? you about, That's yeah, awesome. Youth, youth from the age of about 14 to 18 have the opportunity to learn how to DJ, learn how to uh, do Photoshop. It's really more about... Uh, entertainment you know so learning how how to be on a podcast yeah um you know how to how to log on and, and do online radio you know we have a booth so and hopefully turn that to a community booth so now people anybody that's interested in recording can have the opportunity to go inside the booth um get their get their lyrics get their vocals re- uh, mastered but also you can have internships from that so now connecting with high schools that um that do internships that have like like the Met that has a big picture learning aspect mm-hmm. to it. So I think um, a lot of the programs that we're trying to do is really just trying to build the youth, build the community, um, reunite. Um, we all we all are familiar with, as you was mentioning before, with the Providence um, public school system and the lack and the need of um, of programming, but also of, of of role models. You know, so I think out of this, out of our programming, out of our community center, this is another aspect to just build the youth into formable and um and participating citizens. That's awesome. Yeah, and there's also the facilities aspect of it. I mean, this is obviously like a really specific example, but I think back to the Bud Long pool deal, Mayor Fung earlier this year in Cranston, making a, essentially a rule that if you're not from Cranston, basically if you're from Providence, don't ride your bike down here and come to our pool. And then Correct. on the flip side, there's limited resources available here in Providence. Yeah, there's some pools and there's some kind of sprinkler systems you can run through, but realistically, <laughs> there's a there's a lack of facilities Let's talk about that on the community cafe side. You know, yeah. as you see this need, this ever-growing need for um, role models and for activities that are not just random. You know, that yeah. aren't just miscellaneous. You know, not. You know, I guess you could become a professional gamer or whatever. But for the <laughs> yeah. most part, if you're working in Photoshop, like you say, you know, you can now 
there's an entertainment aspect to that, but there's also possibly a career aspect to that. Sure, sure. Um, well, I want to go back to what you were talking about earlier about space. Um, the Community Cafe really is, um, first and foremost, a space for the community to come together and just be, be together and uh, hang out, have something to drink, call, talk to each other, communicate, come up with organiz- uh, pro- uh, community programs uh, to help each other. And um, talking about the youth, uh, we want to have a space that's for them, by them, and we're just giving the space over, and we already have people doing dance class uh, where they are teaching hip-hop class to younger kids, and we have uh, somebody that's going to be doing poetry classes, uh, and uh, these are all arts that are missing from the schools because of budgetary reasons or what have you, um, so we're just giving people the opportunity to make things happen for themselves uh, without this small little cafe. Uh, there's really no place... Um, for people to have for themselves. Right. Claim ownership in their city. Exactly. You know, like you say, put it back together. How much is the Providence school, uh, public school system? And look, this isn't a new issue. We've been talking about this on this podcast forever here now. Yeah. Um, well, not forever, for the last several months. My whole life that's been there, though, you know, uh, 35, you know, I grew up in South County. You know what I mean? There's always been issues in different school systems, certainly yeah. in Providence. I, so, went to, I went to Hope High School, graduated Hope. from Hope, you know, so uh, some of the same things that the students are experiencing now is no different from when I graduated in 2006, you know, yeah. and as I talked to other people that went to Hope, you know, a little earlier, some of the same issues as well. So, you know, it's how do we change the landscape and how do we, how do we as a community wrap our arms around the school system and say, you know, we're here to support the schools, we're here to support you, um, superintendent, we're here to support the mayor. You know, how can we really wrap our arms around and help change? Um, I think that's what it takes. You know, we can't always rely on, on government, on the, on the school committee to, to do the work. We also have to do the work ourselves. And if, and if part of that is now open up our centers to, to have tutoring programs to help combat some of the issues that, that, that the school system is experiencing, you know, that's what we have to do. Um, if we're here to serve, and part of that serving is realizing that there's an issue, but we also have to find a solution. And I think this is where the community centers, such as what Joel and I um, have, um, you know, in order to promote, in order to provide resource, access, um, services to change to change the quality of life for, for our community. You know, so that that's one of our ma- number one goals. And as I speak of it, you know, that's something else that we're looking to do, um, is also develop a, a sustainable tutoring program that we're able to go in and and connect with teachers where we could send homework where teachers are sending homework and the students are coming in and being able to do it and not saying oh I don't have homework you know so right. having building that building that relationship between schools and community centers is important yeah building that pipeline whether it's digital you know whatever it is just and, and the trust and that obviously is something you, I know you're working on as right. well right so. well right now we don't have our after school program running but we're looking to do it um, it's basically connecting with the local community to uh, have the folks that want to make that happen come in and make it happen I need uh, volunteers and that's one thing that I'll be talking a lot about is volunteerism uh, because part of the center of uh, having a community center is bringing people together so that they can give into the community and so they can get back and so that's one way that we're going to be doing is with the after school program is having uh, a parents come in and do chaperoning um, and helping you know facilitate that program. There's a lot of you know, just today, even before we were taping, we were talking about there's a Facebook poll up, you know, on a news organization's uh, page. Uh, do you feel uh, safe going to Providence Play Small? You know, this kind of nonsense. Uh, look, that's, that's, 
that's garbage. We know that. I think most thinking people know that. Providence is a relatively safe city. There are major problems, problem areas, um, but in general, it's a safe city. How much do your organizations work to just combat perception from within? You know, is that something, or is that something you don't even care about? You just pay no mind to it. The idea that there's, there's this notion that Providence is this, you know. On the verge of fiscal collapse, and it's this dangerous location, which right. is totally nonsense. At least the latter is nonsense. Right. right. Well, that is. It's. I don't really pay mind to that. But um, for me, what uh, the community center is, is is it's a it's a space for the community, but it's also a space for people outside of the community to give where they feel like there's a lack. If they feel like there's problems in the in in the city so much. Uh, if you live outside of the city, I encourage you to check us out and to donate or get involved through volunteering so that you can, you know, lessen your fear of the city and to understand that people that live here are just like you and we just, tr- just trying to get by. And uh, and the violence that you see happens in your neighborhood as well. You just don't, you're not talking about it maybe the same way as you would because it's not from the city. I don't know. I think just to add to that, any big city you have, there's always going to be a perception that there is, that things are much more violent within the city. Um, it's much more people. It's much more vibrant. Um, I think one of the biggest things, as Joel was alluding, you have to be able to um, dispel that notion, you know, that, that violence is happening. Anywhere you go is going to take place. You know, um, going to problems place small, you know, it's any given day of time, you know, for some people. But, you know, it's also the reality that, Hey, if you're gonna go somewhere, go with open heart and go to enjoy the the environment. Um, Providence is a beautiful city. I, I like it because there's so many ethnic groups, so many cultures. Um, anywhere you can go, um, any around any corner you get, from Italian food to Thai food, uh, you know, to South to to East African food. Yeah, Broad you know. Street now. I mean, just in the last five years, really has become this new. Me- I mean, it's always been a mecca, mecca but it's yeah. now this vibrant mecca. Yeah. And why isn't anyone talking about that? You yeah, know? you know, mm-hmm. like. For real, you know, it's not just uh, some people would probably say, "Oh, you're a social justice warrior." You know, what are you doing? <laughs> like, and, and and seriously, I get this back from certain people, but you know, um, I just think it's it's idiotic, you know, and and it's groups like yours and it's centers like yours that keep the, you know, keep the wheels turning in the right direction in spite of you know all the resistance that you have from the fiscal problems within the city and from you know this attitude. That the, a lot of the state kind of drops on you. Um, well, let's speak about like the artistic, sport-based uh, components of your programs. Absolutely. I mean, the biggest reason why I w- that we're doing these after-school programs and art and sports programs is to get kids out of the house. Um, there's so many kids that are shut in. Um, as I was as a kid, I was a latchkey kid, and then I was, you know, basically raised by TV. Um, but the thing is, is that with today's kids, it's the phones, it's the devices. Um, and as adults, you know, we have our issues with them as well. But the point being is, is that getting them outside of the house and, um, with the sports, a lot of kids that are prone to doing sports will be out doing them anyways. But when it comes to the arts, a lot of those kids are just sitting in the house, like I said, and they don't have an opportunity to draw or to paint because they don't have resources to get the paint. So that's why the importance of having these classes uh, for them and to um, get real experience from a teacher uh, that's helping them grow in their abilities. Well, for me, you know, where I'm from is generally three ways out, out of the what we call the hood or community. One is either being a basketball star, uh, being a rapper, or making it to jail. You know, 
and either which one you can choose which one you want to but one is much more formable than the other um you know so when you look at having kids and open up a facility for the youth to come in is helpful for them being able to grow to develop that their emotional side and i mean their, their psychological and physical well-being um you know and just the kids that if they're not there what else are they going to be doing might be on the street or just get inside some type of miscellaneous activities you know when you look out um i believe the, between the times of three and seven is like the the most times where crime takes place so when you're looking at it from the youth perspective that's not a really a good time to be out uh with no direction with no structure you know, so that's what sports, that's what arts does. It provides structure, it provides direction, it provides a passion. Um, you know, so with our programs, not only are we looking to now not only entice that interest or build that passion or that interest, but now we also want you to understand that whatever you have a purpose for, whatever your passion or your hobby is, you can take that and make it an entrepreneurship. You can make it a career, you know. So we also want to teach our youth how to be self-sufficient, self, um, self you know, how to be able to take that passion and grow the dollars from it. You know, because you can do that in any avenue, but if you can do it the right way, then you can live the right way. Um, you know, so when we talk about the DJ classes or, or Photoshop, you know, or, or taking videography and photography, or being a part of a volunteer or part of our basketball clinic, we also want you to understand that, hey, you may want to be a basketball star, but understand there's a thousand other jobs that you can do within the realm of basketball. You know, you may want to be a rapper, but guess what? There's 200 other jobs that you can do within the studio. Um, and you can still just be just as rich. I mean, maybe not as famous, depending on right. where you go. <laughs> when you have a better life, depending on who you ask. Exactly. Honestly, you know, right? so, you know so, so when you think about it like that, it's the, the big picture, being able to really affect it and benefit and build the holistic nature of the human being. Outstanding stuff. I really want to ask each of you about your relationships with the city and the state as far as the officials. We've got a new education commissioner, a mayor that, you know, tries to uh, embrace all the neighborhoods of the city, all the different communities. Have you had any kind of relationship or interactions with either of them or any other you know, city council members, anyone like that? Have they taken an interest in this process or in your work through the kind of the school transformation slash takeover process? Um, and I'll say, you know, because I'm, I'm starting in this role as the new executive director at John Hope Settlement House, uh, a lot of the conversation I've had most recently is more so shaping about uh, what John Hope needs to do, what it needs to be, um, how to change it and set the right track forward. Uh, but I did have an interesting conversation with Dr. Montague, which was also my former principal, um, and just talked about really building a solid and sound tutoring program. Yeah. You know, when you look at and you read the, the, um, the report, you know, from Providence, you know, really being able to develop um, a program that we can house at John Hope that once again that'd be able to not only affect the student but also the families you know i think it's important anything that you have to do because the family the the parents also have to be just as competent as the student you know and it has to be just as engaged as engaged as a student inside the education to help move everything forward um other than that i've with all the conversations i had i've gotten multiple support i'm um, just really want to see john hope come back inside the community be a staple once again and be being able to benefit the community at large on the community cafe side any interactions with with state or yeah. local officials at all any yeah. positive or negative yeah definitely um i have to give a shout out to my reps um Rep. Marcia uh, Wranglin Vassal and Rep. Maura Walsh, they've both been very helpful and uh, come by the cafe and get, lend their support. In January, uh, we're going to have an um, open house uh, fundraiser uh, through Maura Walsh. Uh, 
so that's exciting. But um, I just wanted to give a shout out to the John Hope Settlement House because I'm involved and I'm going to get more involved with them um, because I don't see any other community space in Providence as being as important as the John Hope Settlement House because they've had issues in the past with being taken over. And this is a huge facility with a great leader in um, Brantford Davis, and it needs as much support from the community, all of Rhode Island, um, as possible to help uh, that help the community. And um, so I really hope that anybody out there listening, um, please check out the John Hope um, Settlement House and uh, lend them their support as much as you can. And also check out um, my website too, uh, which is the www. Oh, um, communitycafepvd.org um, but that's about what I have to say. There's an appetite for Rhode Islanders to get involved and I, I had Jim Hummel on here the other day for something and you know we we're having a totally unrelated topic but he pointed out you know Rhode Island's a city state you know there's the saying as Providence goes so too does the rest of the, of the state whatever but the reality is you know our state is essentially the size of a city and it functions like that so this notion that people can turn their backs on the urban core, if you live in, I don't know, South Kingstown or whatever, um, that, you know, one, it's obviously morally wrong, but two, it's now becoming practically wrong. The state can't function as a whole if if we approach it that way. So it seems like your organizations are great pipelines for people to get involved. Like you're saying you need referees, um, you know, t- or, or educators or tutors, whatever it is. That's like a practical way where a person can just boom, right, right out of the gate through whatever training um, make an impact. Does that seem, is that a fair statement? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. More absolutely. so than anywhere else that I can think of. Right. Right. I think, and I agree with you because when you look at a community center, there's so much to do, you know, everything from just landscaping or groundskeeping, you know, because we also have our early learning center. So you have um, elderly or people that are just interested in working with children can come and volunteer. You know, you look at our before after school program, helping kids with homework, helping kids uh, playing a, a kickball game, playing soccer, uh, teaching kids arts and crafts, you know, bringing back woodworking, uh, wood shop, you know, so the, so there's so much, even when you look at volunteering people, if you want to get interested, if you want to get involved, um, come down, come down to John Hope Settlement House, come to Community um, Cafe PVD, you know, we're in need, we're in need for the help, you know, the more support through through your volunteerism, the more support through your help, the only, the better that we're going to be able to reach each and every child and family that we work with, you know, your expertise um, that you've had, your professionalism is, is needed in our facility. You know, um, as a nonprofit organization already, we're already somewhat bootstrapped, you know, trying to do so much with so little people. Um, so the much, the much help and the more help that we can receive is the much better everything's just going to work. Right. It's an opportunity to come into the city that you might not know about and to volunteer. But I also um, encourage people, if you live outside of the city, to volunteer where you're at, close to where you are, and uh, give to your communities uh, because we all need it uh, wherever we live. And, um, you know, that's about it. Write me anytime, Bill, at ripodcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Bill Bartholomew. And for daily content, head over to Instagram at Bartholomew Town Podcast. New episodes every Tuesday and Friday. I look forward to when we meet again soon. Until then, I'm Bill Bartholomew. We'll talk soon.